Here we are then, 32 teams, 20 weekends of football, 23 Fail Mary podcasts, and it finally all comes down to this, Super Bowl weekend. On Sunday night, the Chiefs will face the 49ers in Miami in the all-important final game of the NFL schedule. 60 minutes of football for a chance to lift the Lombardi Trophy and be crowned Super Bowl champions. In this special Super Bowl preview show, we'll look at the context of this historic game, what each team should aim to do during it, and finally have a prediction on who will win it. In the words of literally every single NFL player to make a play ever, let's go! So whilst discussing this game with my producer, uh, Doug made a very interesting point where she said, this is probably the most evenly balanced Super Bowl we've had for a long time. Uh, so I had to think about it, and I think she's on to something. We've had a lot of finals in recent years where it's been one team has a great offense and an all right defense against a great team with an all right offense and a great defense, or some other variation of that. And I thought this was a really interesting uh, point to start on because when did we last have two great offenses and great defenses in the Super Bowl? Uh, neither team have been perfect all year, but both coming to this game are as good as they could probably be. So I've explored this theme to see how deep this sort of even balance goes and the conclusion that I've come to is that this is probably going to be the most interesting and most highly spectator Super Bowl we've seen in a long time because the similarities and the balance in this game are uncanny. So let's start at the very basic stuff right at the top. The two franchises, the 49ers and the Chiefs, well both play in red, that's, that's a similarity. Both are historically successful franchises. The Chiefs have 22 playoff appearances. The 49ers have 27. Uh, the They're both experiencing Super Bowl droughts. The Chiefs haven't won in 50 years. The 49ers haven't won in 25 years. They've both struggled in the 21st century. The Chiefs uh, haven't had a Super Bowl period uh, appearance this side of the 21st century. The 49ers have had one. Uh, it was in 2012. They lost to the Ravens. And so we have two franchises with these historic successes and large fan bases looking to get back to winning ways. So that's the first balance we have. Then we come to the next one, the two head coaches, Andy Reid and Carl Shanahan. Two well-liked and respected offensively-minded head coaches with an understanding that defence is important. Uh, both of them last witnessed Super Bowl success in the 90s. Andy Reid won as an assistant coach in 1996 with Green Bay. Carl Shanahan was on the sideline in 1998 as an 18-year-old to witness his dad, Mike Shanahan, win as a head coach of his team. Uh, so both of them have also recently experienced crushing losses to the Patriots. The Chiefs lost last season in overtime in the AFC Championship game to the Patriots, and Shanahan lost Super Bowl 51 off as a offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons when they blew that massive 28-3 lead. Uh, both have recently settled on their franchise quarterback. Mm. The Chiefs first made Patrick Mahomes the starter on the December the 27th, 2017. And the 49ers made Garoppolo a starter on November the 28th, also in 2017. So, a lot of similarities there as well. So, let's move on to the QBs. 
Mahomes is six foot two and one eighth inches. He's 102 kilos. Garoppolo is six foot two and a quarter inches. He's 103 kilos. Both QBs were underappreciated in the in the draft. Mahomes was a surprise pick at number 10 that no one really expected when Andy Reid moved up for him. Garoppolo went number 62. But both were identified early as talented by high-level coaches. So Mahomes obviously had Andy Reid and Garoppolo wanted... Um, sorry, Belichick wanted to make Garoppolo the Patriots starter over Brady like three years ago and was forced to sell him instead. Uh, in their career completion percentages... Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 66% complete creation percentage. Garoppolo is 67%. On passer rating, Mahomes is 109. Garoppolo is 100. They both went to sort of non-power colleges. Garoppolo, sorry, Mahomes went to Texas Tech, which is a smallish footballing college. And Garoppolo went to Eastern Illinois. So, similarities in the quarterbacks as well. Now let's look at the the teams themselves that we are that we are analysing uh, obviously, we've got two teams that play offense very different ways, but have perfected or almost perfected the way they go around playing their styles of football. So the 49ers with their rush offense and the Chiefs with their passing offense. Even here, you see how the two teams match up is weirdly sort of uncannily balanced in how like equal they are to one another. The 49ers are second in rushing yards a game. Uh, the Chiefs are third in passing offense per game. The 49ers defense is first in passing yards uh, per game allowed and first in 20 plus yards allowed. But the Chiefs, since they've had Frank Clark back, are the most successful team at stopping the run in the postseason. So defense matches to offense on both teams really quite successfully. It gets even more specific. The Chiefs offense have the third lowest turnovers in the entire NFL. The 49ers are the sixth best at takeaways, so not too far apart from each other there. How about their O-lines? The Chiefs O-line is ranked 17th. The 49ers is 14th, according to Pro Football Focus. The 49ers struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Even in their weaknesses, the 49ers struggle against mobile quarterbacks. They've given up the third most rushing yards to QBs. But the Chiefs struggle against yards after catch, which the 49ers have the most of in the league. Garoppolo is bad under pressure. He's has a 60 passer rating when he's under good pressure. But the Chiefs don't generate a significant amount of pressure. They only get about their 26th in the league. The Chiefs are 20th in red zone. So when they actually get to the red zone, their offense isn't that good at scoring. But the 49ers defense is 23rd in red zone defense. So specific. Um, and you see there is ridiculous numbers of these equalities where something matches up and then it turns out to be the same. I mean, that red zone one is the best example of it. I mean, 20th and red zone offense, something that specific, and then the 49ers are only three places away from them in red zone defense. I mean, the correlation is just strange. So what does this all mean for the game? Well, without any clear separating factor, there is nothing in this game that makes either team stand out as the clear favorite. So what it does mean is that this game will hinge, in the minds of everyone who's watching at least, will hinge around the two major differences in these teams, and that is pass versus run offense. And this has significant implications for the future of the NFL. Think about what happens if Patrick Mahomes goes into Miami and passes for 500 yards, six touchdowns, the Chiefs defense can't stop the 49ers run game, but it doesn't matter because Mahomes on his own in this very clever passing system, dominates the game. 
if that's what happens, then every team that is looking to rebuild the franchise will be out looking for the, the dual threat quarterback who can pinpoint accuracy, who throws very hard, who can make plays of his feet. And that will be what everyone looks to draft in the next five to 10 years. However, if the 49ers march into Miami and they dominate the Chiefs uh, defensive line with this incredible sort of run, toss, sweep, trap, motion, jet, counter option, that's what their running offense is called. I'm not I'm not joking. That's all the things they run just as part of their run offense. If they do that, then every team will be out looking for the next George Kittle or the next Carl Juszczyk or the next Raheem Mostert. Any sort of player that can help in the same way that the 49ers do in that they have these dominant athletes who also help the run game play massively. That will be what teams are trying to mimic for the future and they won't be so worried about their QB choices. So... This game is going to come down to either way whether or not Patrick Mahomes can get things going on the passing game and whether the, the 49ers can get their run game moving up front. But either way it goes, the winner and the outcome of the game will decide how the, the NFL is shaped over the next few years. So is this the most well-balanced Super Bowl we've had in recent years? Yes, it is. It is also one of the most important. And that's your context. So now that we have the context of the game itself and we we know for almost a certainty that th these are two offences that are going to come into the game and try and assert their style of football and their dominance on the game. These aren't going to be like the Patriots in that they find a way to win. Their way to win is the way that they've played well all season. So it's going to be, as the Super Bowl ends up often being, about which defence is the most adaptable and which one manages to put the pieces together in order to have some sort of impact on the game. Think back to when Philadelphia and Fletcher Cox made the one play to strip sack Brady and that's what basically ultimately won the game for them. Very similarly matched defences. Obviously the Chiefs are more recently developed as, as a successful team so you could argue that they're the hotter team but then you could argue that the 49ers defence is the more proven one because it's been more successful throughout the season. They're both very very good up front and have a few questions on the back end that where there is you know, options and opportunities to exploit them. So let's look at what these two defences need to try and do in order to impact the game and swing it in their favour in order to complement their offence as well. Starting with the Chiefs, I've brought it down to three things. The first thing the Chiefs defence need to do is slow the 49ers run game. And I say slow because stopping it I don't think is an option. Just Due to the nature of how the 49ers motion and sweep and change position on each play, I don't think it's possible to completely shut this run game down. I think they're going to go for 100 yards regardless, just because of the diversity of how they run and how they run it all out of similar formations with very minor modifications. But if they can change that run game from something that is currently averaging 4.7 yards per attempt and get that down to closer to 3 or 4, you know, three and a half would be a much better thing because that would then put the 49ers in situations where passing would have to be a viable option instead of just dominating like they did against Green Bay. So, slowing the run down, and this is going to be incredibly tricky to do. We mentioned earlier that San Francisco's greatest strength comes from the fact that when they're playing their run game, they essentially have nine people who are committed to the run. You've got the 5-0 lineman. If they then bring Kittle in, that's six. He's one of the best... He's 
currently the best blocking tight end in the league. Then you add Carl Juszczyk, that's seven. Then you add Debo Samuel, who's a physical slot receiver, and he's been making a lot of plays in the run game as well, eight. And then you factor in the fact that Garoppolo is organizing and leading the fakes on all of these run games anyway. He's part of it. He takes the ball in the first place. That's nine. Slowing down a run game of that magnitude isn't easy, and it's going to require committing people closer down the field and more people in the box. But so that's what they're going to have to do, at least at the start of the game, to make sure that the that the run game doesn't just, you know, get its patience up, start building, and then start to churn. So that's number one, slowing the run game down. Number two, and this sort of complements number one, they need to bait and pressure Jimmy G. We've talked about how the 49ers are t- first in the NFL after the catch. So if they get the ball out to one of their receivers, which they do very, very quickly, Jimmy G is seventh in the league for that, in fact. If they get the ball out to their receivers, then they are good at picking up a lot of yards, and the Chiefs aren't good at stopping that. So they can't afford to give Jimmy G the time to get the ball out of his hands at all, which means once the run game started to slow down and Jimmy G's looking to dink and dunk and use his tight end and use his wide receivers and use his running backs in this way that the 49ers do, that isn't something that the Chiefs can allow because if they get the ball in open space then the Chiefs are vulnerable. What they need to do is they've got these two br- safeties who've been playing brilliantly. Tyron Matthew has been particularly good, but Sorensen's also been really good. Jimmy G isn't good when he's under pressure and when he has to hold onto the ball for too long. So bring the safeties down, bring more players into the box, crowd Jimmy G, crowd the O-line, get this good pass rush that they've developed going, cover everything easy, everything easy that Jimmy G could possibly have as like a bailout, as a release clause, has to go. Pressure, pressure, pressure early on. And that way, this will move on to our third point in that they will start to generate turnovers because if Jimmy G is feeling the pressure, his passer rating starts to drop, he starts looking for the, the play over the top because everything easy is boxed out so then he's got to go throw deep and this has been where he's been weak this year he hasn't been asked to do it an awful lot a lot of the 49ers passing game is easy stuff over the middle pick out his his weapons and let them do the work if he's forced to get the ball have a look pressure's coming oh god what am i going to do panic 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 help 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 throw it deep as far as i can and hope that my guy's faster than your guy that's where currently the 49ers have been fortunate with it but it's a way that the chief defense can start to generate lots of turnovers if they get turnovers then Patrick Mahomes is back on the field and that is where the Chiefs are strongest because Mahomes is the key to all of this and the 14 the Chiefs defense shouldn't aim to just sort of slow them down and let their progress chug along and they need to get in and get out again as fast as possible so slow the run game it has to again can't be stopped I don't think so slow it down make it one that's more competitive and less dominant Bait Jimmy G into taking these deep throws and taking risks, trying to get rid of the ball early by getting the pressure to him. It's where he becomes weakest as a passing option. And number three, therefore, turnovers. Get the ball back, get the ball into the hands of the best QB currently in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. So on the 49ers side of the ball defense, how do you stop the best passing offense in the league? Well, three things again. Uh, And number one, they're going to have to take this from the Titans. They can't afford any easy yards whatsoever. And I mean, no easy yards from Mahomes as a runner. No easy yard from Mahomes passing to his running backs. He's got They've got to shut that down early. So everything's got to be from inside to out like the Titans did. Pressure on the middle of the field. Don't allow any dunking over the top. No bailing out. Keep him in the pocket as long as you can. 
don't let him just set off and use his feet and you know pick up like he did with the touchdown last week where he just sort of trotted up the field and everyone was busy doing covering the 49ers have to play everything in front of them but they have to do this at two levels so trying to limit the running back and Mahomes at the same time means they're going to have to commit at least six players you know sort of downwards towards the front the the back side of the field getting after into the backfield getting to the QB getting to Williams sl- slowing Mahomes' process down but whilst they're doing this they cannot afford to give up huge plays they're currently very good at not giving up the 20 yards plays but they've not played Tyreek Hill yet and he is just you know different level speed and with all these other wide receivers as well that that Mahomes is, seems to manage to pick out at least once a game for this big play, like Robinson, like Mikael Hardman, like um, Sammy Watkins. They can't afford to let any of these people escape out the back end. So what does that leave? Well, it means that they've definitely, third thing, got to work the sideline because we've already confirmed they can't have anything easy over the middle, they can't have anything easy deep, and they can't have anything easy to the sides from the running backs off to Mahomes. That means... The only places that they can afford to give up space are the places where it's hardest for QBs to make plays anyway. And this is what the Titans tried to do. They tried to force Mahomes to make everything to the sideline. And he is good enough that he's going to get it done anyway. But if you aren't letting anything go over the top and you aren't letting anything come underneath, then it means they're not picking up any easy yards whatsoever. They're earning all of it. It also means they're not scoring touchdowns from their own 20. We've already seen that when they get to the red zone they aren't that comfortable a red zone team they're only 20th in red zone offense so you back yourself up slowly slowly you make them make the plays you make Mahomes's arm make the play every single play you keep working his arm you wear him down you let your pass rush get to him as many times as possible and then if they back you into the red zone that's when you've got to make a stand as a defense because at least then he can't beat you over the top you can take that bit away and you can start playing all of the game in front of you so Three things again, the 49ers, no easy yards. That is the most crucial one. If they're letting the 49ers pick up, just sort of, sorry, the Chiefs trot up the field with Williams or Mahomes over and over again, that's going to crush them as a defense. They can't give up big plays. They've got to contain Tyreek Hill. I understand that Kelsey's and the rest of their receiving core, in fact, are amazing as well. But Tyreek is is Mahomes' favorite receiver. And as soon as he sees him deep, he's going to hit him. So they can't give up plays like that. And then finally, they've got to work the sidelines. All sounds lovely and easy, you know, for the Chiefs and the 49ers. The Chiefs have just got to bait Jimmy G into making turnovers, except, you know, he's throwing to uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and he's got these amazing running backs in Coleman and Mostert. And the 49ers have just got to, you know, make the Chiefs make hard work of their passing, except that he's got uh, Watkins, Hartman, Robinson, Hill, and Kelsey, five of the best receiving weapons in the NFL currently. And the good thing is Richard Sherman knows how to do this. He is the most ex- most experienced cornerback in this game. His leadership is going to be vital. He has a 46.8 QB rating this season when he's thrown to. But the 49ers have another corner called Jimmy Ward, who has a 116.5 pass rating when he's targeted. However, we've already seen the Chiefs defense isn't great at stopping the yards after the catch. And the 49ers are very good at that. So once again, we're seeing this balance. Who's going to stop what? Who's going to be more successful in slowing the team down? Because there's going to be a lot of points in this game. So keep an eye on the big plays for the 49ers. Keep an eye on the 
trying to generate the turnovers from Jimmy, Jimmy G for the Chiefs. And that will be what ultimately decides this game. So that is the uh, the theory in terms of how this game is going to go. But in reality, it's probably going to be a lot more messy and a lot more entertaining. I have to say from a neutral point of view, this is as excited as I've been for a Super Bowl in about five years or something like that. So it's very, very exciting and it's going to be an amazing game to watch. But ultimately, in honour of my final Akastaka, even though it's not an Akastaka, I do have to make one last prediction on this season uh there are some side bets if you want them uh i'm also going to bet that there's going to be more than 50 points and i'm also going to bet that patrick mahomes passes for more than 200 yards just because i think the 49ers will do the right thing and give him the intermediate stuff but it make it as hard for him as possible and try and get after him for the sacks because i think that's where they're going to try and win the game with their d-line but prediction on the actual game i'm actually a little nervous I've got three factors that I think are going to play the most important part in this game. And one of them I don't love, one of them I sort of love, and one of them I really love. And I think this is why my pick for this Super Bowl are actually the underdogs at the moment as well. It is, I think, the 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year. And it's not just because, you know, I love the run game and I love defence. And that's I know I've said that all year. But it's not that, okay? I promise it's not just the fact that I really like run games and defense. There is, there's more to it. So, my first one is looking to coaching. I love Andy Reid. I'm a really big fan of his post-match conferences. When he said that, what did you do after the Titans win? Oh, I had a hamburger and went to bed. Just thoroughly entertaining. He is still guilty of some lapses in concentration in time management and... I think sometimes he gets so caught up in how meticulous his passing game is that he is guilty of making mistakes in terms of clock management. If he starts making mistakes as an offensive coach, calling the plays in a passing scheme, a mistake in a passing scheme means a turnover. If you make a mistake in the run game, that's maybe a, a, a one yard or a, a minus one yard run you know it doesn't go well but it's not gonna it's gonna lose you the ball but as soon as you are the team that throws the ball you are automatically the team that risks giving it away more frequently that's just the nature of the game it's more efficient when you get it right but it's inherently more risky Carl Shanahan isn't hasn't covered himself in glorious coaching either after his you know his Atlanta performance as the offensive coordinator where a lot of people pointed at him after that game and said how could Atlanta not score a single point in basically the entire second half and let the Patriots do that comeback. Bit unfair, but I understand the point in that he his play calling in that game was a lot wrong with what let the Atlanta Falcons down. However, I think he has learned from that, and that's why San Francisco are such a good run team this year instead of Atlanta, which were a, a really impressive passing attack. So, if it comes down to the play calling, just because of the nature of their offense, and also Andy Reid, has, he's got more to think about because... Passing and in incompletions means less clock management, whereas being a run-dominant team means you inherently use up more time as a group. So there's a lot more pressure on Andy Reid than there is, I think, on Kyle Shanahan. He has more to factor into each individual play. And he, he is a brilliant head coach, and I am a huge fan of him. 
but ultimately he's got a, he's got a much harder job to do and his track record isn't the strongest so that's number one of why I think the 49ers are on, on to win this one number two is and you're going to be confused by this one this is the refs and this is this is me getting very theoretical now but if I was a referee in the Super Bowl I would be absolutely loathed to be giving away the massive pass interference flags and giving teams 60 yard gimme plays and that's a lot of quite often the Chiefs offense succeeds because it's a, a wide open deep pass you chuck it and it's probably 50 50 the defender gets a bit bat is a bit cheeky we've brought in all these new pi rules it's probably a flag anyway i'll chuck my flag um but in the super bowl i would not want to be the ref that gave away a 60 yard play and won the chiefs the super bowl for themselves i, I would be terrified as a ref of making that decision whereas an 80 yard run that maybe had a hold just at the line of scrimmage that I didn't, you know, there's seven people, there's sorry, 10 people wrestling at the front. I mean, the chances of me seeing that hold are very limited. So I would be much less loath to call a holding call on the run game than I would to give a massive PI call on the passing game. Can you imagine that? If the Super Bowl was decided by an 80 yard pass play that didn't actually get caught, but because a ref flew a ball of yellow rice, that was, you know, it's actually rice. I found that out the other day, rice in those little balls. But yeah, can you imagine being the ref that was basically responsible for giving Patrick Mahomes another 80 yards passing and setting up the winning field goal? I don't think that any ref will want to be the ref that hands the Super Bowl from one team to another. And I think you can say with the run game, oh, you know, there was other factors at play. That small hold wasn't the problem. But PI is very black and white. Uh, what will be helpful with this one is that Andy Reid now has his challenge flag and he can challenge PI calls. And I think that's going to play a really important role because he's going to have to pick a moment when he says, right, we need, we need, okay, now we need to get the challenge flag. Now we need the points because when it comes to the last two minutes, not allowed anymore. So he's going to, there's going to be a moment where Andy Reid throws the challenge flag on a what was essentially a 50-50 jump ball and the decision made then will be very, very interesting. But Andy Reid only has a limited number of them. The refs will also know that if they don't call it, Andy Reid can ask for it to be reviewed. So I think on balance of play, the 49ers are just going to get away with that little bit more. It, again, their offense is, is geared, toward benef geared, geared towards benefiting more from these, like, you know, the little intricacies of the game, which no one really wants to argue about the whole time or pay attention to or want the Super Bowl to hinge on, which it will if anyone gives a massive PI call. So I think the refs are going to play a part. Finally, and this is the one I'm most certain on. If this game goes exactly as we all expect it to, which is that the Chiefs do everything they can to stop the 49ers run and Patrick Mahomes plays brilliantly, but ultimately is as limited as he can be by any defense, especially this good one, then we're going to see the Chiefs in some sort of lead and the 49ers having to move the ball more quickly and at that point it's going to fall to Jimmy G and the question has been all season can Jimmy G carry his team offensively and it's a really interesting debate and even in the playoffs in these big time games he's had to throw the ball 28 times in the two games so Shanahan has done an excellent job and initially I thought it was protecting Jimmy G because he wasn't that good but actually I think what it could be is hiding Jimmy G you know sort of 
we don't need to win with you. We know how good you are. We don't want anyone else to know how good you are or what you're capable of. We're going to hide you away and, you know, let teams uh, think that you're maybe not as good as you are. The Chiefs won't make that mistake, but they also aren't 100% sure of what they're completely capable of. So I found some statistics. In the seven games where Jimmy G has had more than 250 passing yards, the 49ers are 7-0. Every time he is required to start throwing the ball around, the 49ers win the game. You think back to the Saints game, and yes, it could have gone either way, but ultimately, Jimmy G made the plays when they need to be made. And a lot of it is about enabling his offensive weapons. But why wouldn't it be if you have Kittle and Debo Samuels and Emmanuel Sanders and McCole Hart, not McCole Hartman, sorry, and Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, then your offense should be about enabling your offensive weapons. But if it does come down to making the big passes, then you have to think about Carl Shanahan thinks Garoppolo can do it. Bill Belichick thought Garoppolo could do it. That's why he wanted Garoppolo to start instead of Brady. And I just think that this might have been almost the most impressive thing about San Francisco all season is that they've got to this point and we still aren't 100% sure what they're capable of as a team because we know what the Chiefs are capable of, don't we? We know what Mahomes is capable of. We know how fast Tyreek Hill is. We know how good the defensive. We know that Frank Clark, Frank Clark is a really good D-lineman. We know that the Chiefs' safeties are physical and like to get a box. We know what the Chiefs are going to do. We still, after all this time, aren't quite sure what Garoppolo's capable of. We've seen flashes of it, but it's not been required at a sustained level. And the evidence is that the people who know about football think he's capable of it. So I am going to lean towards it as well and say he's capable too. And if it comes down to it and he can't make the big play, then we see we learn a lot more about Jimmy Garoppolo than we knew 24 hours before the game but the emphasis is there that there is still a sort of an x factor a hidden factor about the San Francisco 49ers offense and I think when we finally get to see it and see Garoppolo push to his limit I think we're going to see a mature a well-organized a playmaking quarterback and that is what I'm most looking forward to in this Super Bowl. And that is the end of the episode. I am so excited for this game. It's really, really going to... I know it's late on a Sunday. Get Monday off work. Get yourself to a sports bar or your mate's house or whatever. Get online. Find a way to stream it and watch this game because this is as entertaining as Super Bowls are liable to get. And it's going to be absolutely brilliant. I promise you. So find a way to watch this game and I will see you next week to unpack all the amazing happenings in this five-hour spectacle, and I will see you then.